Hello, and welcome to We Are Monarch. When your expectations become higher, children have a tendency to rise up. There's something every day that you learn from these guys. Yeah, it could be anything to about them or something that we didn't even realize that they could do. And all of a sudden, you know, they're doing it. We Are Monarch is a four-part series about the Monarch School in New England, a day school for students with disabilities ages 5 to 21 in Rochester, New Hampshire. By creating a dialogue and telling stories, we wish to celebrate our students and the adults who help them contribute to the world while bringing to light why this work matters. I'm Cynthia Tokas, Marketing Director at the Monarch School in New England. The purpose of this podcast is to give an overview of our school and to talk about its roots from then until now. I'm here with three of my colleagues, Marie Melanson, Educational Hi. Technician at the school. Hi. Linda Pierce, Behavioral Specialist. Hello. And Sandy Hawkins, Educational Technician. Hi. Thank you, ladies and our friends, for speaking with me today about the Monarch School of New England, its origins, the growing need for its services, and how we as a school have evolved over the years. I'd also like to add that Marie has been 42 years at the school, Linda has been 32 years at the school, and Sandy has been 29 years at the school. So that's why they're here to talk about us. So the start of what would eventually become the Monarch School began in the early 1970s. Mm-hmm. So why don't you guys give us an overview about how we began and, and what happened in those early days? Um, hi, this is Marie. When I started, it was a small play group, mm-hmm. and there, may, there were less than 10 students, kids, mm-hmm. that were there. And it was a group of mothers that had kind of gotten together and decided that they needed something. Some of them needed a break. The public schools didn't have placement for kids at that time. But what kind of kiddos were these? There were quite a few kids with Down syndrome, mm-hmm. and there were a few kids that um, had cerebral palsy and special medical issues that really public school was unable to handle. So mm-hmm. That was the, the group that, when I started, was there. And no one really knew what to do with these kiddos, right? They didn't know what to do with them in the community, at schools? No. They, they, at that time, 42 years ago, there really wasn't placement for kids with special needs. Okay. They just okay. stayed home, okay. basically. So this small group got together and decided they'd start a play group. Mm-hmm. And from that, it just blossomed into... A play group, a yeah, play group. that that tried to address some of the needs of the kids. And okay. then as time went on, they realized these, these kiddos have more potential than they're given credit for. Well, all right. So then Linda and Sandy, you guys came along a little bit later. So it started as the Gateway Association of Retarded Children, right? And our kiddos were called retarded at that point, mm-hmm. which is not a term that is now used. Right. So talk to me a little bit about when you came into the school, how it started to change. Linda, you were first, right? You've been there 32 years. Yes. So talk a little bit about that transition from when Marie started to when you became in the late, early 80s, mid-80s? Uh, 1984. So when I came to the school, um, <clears throat> we were at an old nunnery. Huh. On Charles Street in Rochester. The popular word is convent. Oh, I'm sorry. The convent. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm back in medieval times. Um, once we went to the um, the Eastern Avenue site, we had more room to spread out. Um, then we started working on 
uh, the kids doing things like setting the table and, you know, functional skills sort of branching away from just the, the basic day-to-day living Daily skills. living skills. Yeah. That's when we became known as the Child Development Center of Stratford County, would you say? So we went yep. from Gateway Association of Retarded Citizens to Child Development Center of Stratford County. Well, it was first the Rochester Child Development Center. Okay. Um, and then we started getting kiddos from outside the school district. Mm-hmm. So we got kids from Summersworth, kids from Dover. Dover. So mm-hmm. they changed the name to the Child Development Center of Stratford County because we were serving whole, the whole of Stratford County at that time. Okay. Um, Gateway Association for Retarded Citizens is the board that created itself to support the Child Development Center. Fabulous. Okay. And then... Um, from the Child Development Center of Stratford County, we changed our name to the Monarch mm-hmm. School of New England yeah. um, because we did, we do, we serve Maine, New Hampshire. Um, we've had students, and I'm not sure if we do right now, from Massachusetts. Right. So that's way in the future. Let's go back mm-hmm. to the 1980s, and Carrie Foss is hired mm-hmm. as the first executive director. Now, each of you has had experience with Carrie. And you had said before that her concepts were kindness, love is spoken here, Mm -hmm. show them the way. Sandy? Our sign first, the school was just built, and our sign said uh, Child Development Center. And underneath, it said love spoken here. Great. And that was was our model for a long time. This is Linda speaking. We would listen out for Carrie, her... um, (laughs) She always wore clicky shoes. So you could hear her coming down the hall. (laughs) <laughs> and Carrie didn't like it when we sat on children's furniture mm-hmm. or on the tables. So if mm-hmm. we were sitting on a table and we heard those clicky shoes, we immediately jumped off mm-hmm. of the table. But she, but Carrie was firm, but she was a very fair person. Mm-hmm. Uh, Carrie never expected you to do anything that she wasn't willing to do herself. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and she and 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 we all loved her, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. we knew what we could do and what we couldn't do, mm-hmm. and we made sure we did what what we could do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why do you think she was the right person at that time to make as the executive director and to really shape the foundation of the school? Her, she was the most diplomatic person I've ever met. I think in my life, she could speak to anyone. Um, she was popular with the families, she was popular, popular with her staff, and she was popular in the community, well-known in the community, mm-hmm. well-received by the community. And um, one of the things that came to mind while Linda was, was speaking also is her, her kindness. Mm-hmm. If there was ever a need mm-hmm. by a staff person, by a parent or a family, Carrie was there to help. Mm-hmm. I, all you had to do was ask, and mm-hmm. no matter what it was, mm-hmm. one way or another, she would find the way. Things started to change. 1987, uh, the Foss site was built, Carrie mm-hmm. Foss being, and her family being the impetus for the name of this school. Mm-hmm. Talk a little bit about the changing of the students, you guys. You've all worked there for this time. How has the student population in 1987 changed from when it first started in the 70s. This is Linda speaking. Over time, we started to get children who were, I 
could say a little more cognitively aware. What does had a cognitively higher, aware mean? More aware of their surroundings, okay. their environment, things that are, were going on around them. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and their their abilities, they they were able to do a little bit more for themselves. Um, so with that, we started to, our expectations got higher. Mm-hmm. Um, and when your expectations become higher, children have a tendency to rise up and meet those nice. expectations. Mm-hmm. Nice. Mm-hmm. So we always start our expectations out high and then backtrack from there if need be. That's mm-hmm. the premise of what the work that we do, right? right. The work mm-hmm. that you guys do with right. the students start high right. because we look right. at abilities, That's not at right. disabilities. Right. Right. But when the FOSS site was built, we went from being a playgroup to much more of a school, right? This is Marie speaking. Um, in that space of time in the 80s, um, standards, school standards, those things were starting to hit. And the center was becoming more and more or less and less of a day program and more and more of an educational program. So as those times changed, our ch- our times had changed as well. Staff was receiving more on jo- on the job training. Um, we would have specialists from all over the state come in and do training with us. Specialists in vision, hearing, uh, speech, um, doctors from mm-hmm. Dartmouth Hitchcock. Um, so there were quite a few um, professionals that were well-known by the Child Development Center and um, friends of the Child Development Center. Um, And I think, again, going back to Carrie, part of her popularity was Mm. that she could bring these people to us. Hmm. I guess I think maybe something that we should talk about quickly is um, how we are different. So a student even in those days, would be referred to our school from a school district, correct? From a public yes. school, mm-hmm. not a family, a public school. Mm-hmm. And they would attend our school for a certain amount of time. Mm-hmm. And during this time, they would receive an education and functional life skills. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. So that means community, learning about money, learning how to bathe and dress yourself. Always, well, we've become much more focused on this, but with the goal of being out in the community, of being mm-hmm. independent. Well, there was one student in particular, David, um, when he came to us, he was a little, he was just a little guy, mm-hmm. little Down syndrome guy, and he couldn't walk at that time. And his parents were told that he probably would not walk. Huh. Well, our physical therapist at the time said, he, he probably will walk, but huh. I'm not making any promises, mm-hmm. and got little scooter boards mm-hmm. and designed one that would, because his little legs Um, I'm not sure if it was hip dysplasia or whatever, but his little legs went out straight to the side. Well, she built a little scooter for him that brought those little legs in, Mm -hmm. and eventually those little legs started to push. (laughs) And when he left us, he graduated. He started at 3, graduated at 21. And when he left us, had a job at the Bowlaway in town Rochester, which is no longer there. But... His job was to clean the lanes mm-hmm. and take care of all the ball, balls. And mm-hmm. I, it just was nice to see him go from this little boy who was never going to walk and God mm-hmm. knows how long he was going to live mm-hmm. 
to graduating from our school and having a job when he he left us. Stories like that are the ones that are just, they're amazing. Mm -hmm. And the school could bring him along all those different levels of growth. This is Sandy speaking again. It's, It's just amazing to see these kids where they start from Mm-hmm. And just see when they leave, like Marie said, they do have jobs. Um, they can feed themselves. Mm-hmm. They can use the bathroom and do their daily living skills by themselves. Mm-hmm. And all that consistency that we've done with them, um, it helps. Mm-hmm. It helps. And I think part of the challenge of the school has always been that people don't know what to do with our kiddos. Mm-hmm. People in the world They sometimes don't know where to look or how to look at them. Mm -hmm. They don't know if they should help them or not help them. And you guys have all changed that. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's really very much um, working with a regular child. Right. Mm -hmm. Setting your level of expectations. Set set it up there so that they have something to aspire to. You learn through failure sometimes. You learn through your mistakes. So... Our job is every day we're in there and we're teaching somebody um, not to use this word in the community. <laughs> and just with a sign, putting your finger up to your lips, mm-hmm. reminding them that we're going to use nice words. Mm-hmm. Let's move forward a little bit more um, to the Gonic site. So in 20, 2006 or so, we built a high school or we rented a space for a high school and vocational center because the FOSS site was getting too small. Right. And Sandy and Marie, you are over at our high school vocational center. And Linda, you're the behavior person, so you jump back and forth at both places. Speak a little bit about now the high school and the vocational center. This is Linda speaking. The great thing is when they move on to the high school, those expectations increase. And you, and you especially start to expect a different level of um, socialization and appropriateness, as Marie talked about, in the community. And the great thing that I have seen is, because I'm at both sites, so I see children move from the elementary school into the high school, and they blossom hmm. when they get there. Hmm. Socially, they hmm. blossom. You that you really start to see a lot of interaction with one another. Mm-hmm. They 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 help each other. Mm-hmm. That that's one of the really great things that I love to see. They they are so helpful to one another, mm-hmm. um, and they I, I guess you could say they start to grow up. Mm-hmm. You know, you start to see them become more mature mm-hmm. and become become adults. So tell us a little bit about Ronnie, how he came to the school, and where he is now. When Ronnie first came to us, he he was at home for several years. He did not go to school. Um, his anxiety level was very high. And how old was he? I believe he was 14. Around. Around okay. 14. Okay. Um, so what we did was um, my, my coworker, Wendy Harmon, she would go to his house every day. And she would spend time with him at home. And she would work on things that he would be working at at school, working on at school. Um, and then he got to know her and he got to trust her. And then she would go there and they would get in a van and they would ride around together in the van. 
And then eventually it got to the point where you could take that van to school. And he would drive up to the school. And then a little later on, he got off of the van. He went into the school. And eventually, now he comes to school every day. Mm -hmm. And when he first started coming to school, he would stand outside of the classroom. Mm -hmm. Now he's actually in the classroom, sitting down with his classmates, Mm -hmm. doing his work every day. Mm -hmm. And it's just... But it takes that time. You have to establish trust, and you have to be consistent. Mm-hmm. And he's now a, one of the pictures on our homepage of our website, mm-hmm. and, which is amazing because he wanted space before and mm-hmm. did not want to be seen. And now it seems like he's a He's the mayor of Monarch. He has a badge that he wears that says Mayor of Monarch. Does it really? Yeah. Does he really? Yeah. See, that's neat. Now, that's a, that's a really neat story. Yes. Now, in this next phase... Um, we're building a new school, a high school, and a vocational center. Comments around that, like what your hopes and dreams are for that? This is Linda. Again, we're our expectations are going up again. Mm-hmm. And at the high school, we have some great people. Isaac, who is an occupational therapist. And he's, he's heading up the vocational program. Yes. He okay. He's going out into the community. Mm-hmm. He's learning everything that he can. Um, about working um, and how to get these kids out working and and not just and and not just for for school but so that they will actually have employment when they leave the monarch school mm-hmm. and and that's such a wonderful thing because we all we take it for granted we can go out and we can work every day, but but our kids need help. And we have found some great people in the community who who want who want to help our kids. They they're like, sure, you know, send them here. So, what's success for this school? How would you each of you define success for this school? One hundred percent. One hundred. What do you that mean, everybody, Marie? When kids leave our program. Mm-hmm. We've given them 100% of our skills and time and knowledge so that they can leave with a hat full. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we educate children so that they can become functional members of society so that um, we all give something in our lives. And children with special needs have that ability as well. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's what we do really well. We help them to be able to be members of society and give back mm-hmm. what they've been given. And they're the best teachers in the world. Absolutely. The students are the best teachers? Yes. They teach us every, every single day. day. There's something every day that you learn from these guys. Yep. Such as? This is Sandy speaking. It could be anything to about them, to about something that they like or something that we didn't even realize that they could do. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, you know, they're doing it. Mm-hmm. And their kindness, their patience, mm-hmm. their... Um, caring. Their caring. There is just... It's nowhere else to be found. Mm-hmm. Our kids are the best, and they they show us every single day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That, you know, you go home at the end of the day feeling a little tired and down, (laughs) and then you sit down in your recliner and you say, oh, yeah, but remember the time so-and-so said, you know, it's snowing like an MF around there. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs)
you can't help but laugh. <laughs> yeah. And that's the best the, punch. That's the thing. I, I can go to work every day and guaranteed at least one laugh, mm-hmm. hysterical laugh. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. think when that's gone, you know, I don't think that's ever going to go there because mm-hmm. there's always something that those kids do mm-hmm. that puts smile on our faces. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you, Marie, Linda, and Sandy. It's been fun. And um, this you. is our first official podcast for the Monarch Thanks. School in New England. So we're making history and you guys are fabulous. Thank you, oh, Sandy. Thank you. <laughs> and thank you to everyone who's taken the time to hear our story. And we are Monarch's very first podcast. I am Cynthia Tokas, Marketing Director at Monarch School of New England. If you'd like to learn more about our school, or if you'd like to help us build our new regional high school and vocational center, please donate at monarchschoolne.org slash donate slash campaign. We Are Monarch's theme music was composed by Scott Holmes and engineered and produced by Emily Quirk at New Hampshire Public Radio Studios.